Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Gray's Academy. It is your two favorite already rambling co-hosts. I am Kelsey. And I am Carmen, and it is a beautiful day for a podcast. It's also a beautiful day to eat some mega stuff Oreos. And this podcast is not brought to you by Oreos. We're just enjoying them. I know. Oreos, feel free to sponsor us and join the ride. Is it a hot take that I hate double stuffed Oreos? No, because I also hate double stuffed Oreos because they're not mega stuffed Oreos. Ugh, I the mega stuffed Oreo. Original or Thins is where it's at. No, I could sit there and just eat the inside of the Oreos with a spoon. No, the cookie's better. <sighs> this is like... The frustrating part about this is the cookie isn't bad. Mm-hmm. It's just not like the th- it's it's like Reese's, right? Like you can't. Well, no, because chocolate and peanut butter are both individually perfection. So yeah. the the cream itself is great, and I could eat it by itself. I will say the Oreo cookies, the cracker part of the cookie, I could eat by itself, but it's not as good alone. I disagree. I think Oreos. Hold on. Oreos or Simon and Garfunkel. They have to be together. I could eat just the cookies. I I, Mm. if someone was like, here's a stack of just cookies and they were like, and here's a bowl of just cream. I would be like, I'll just take the cookies. Thank you so much. I think to me, the cookies are more difficult to um, replicate. That makes them more special. I don't know. Like there's something the, about the flavor of the Oreo cookie. The cookie itself is what to me makes it stand out. Like yeah, if it's you the get, residue of the cream. It's the no, leftover cream get, like, that you the just scooped off ones, the, the cookie. The cream tastes the same. The cookie tastes like garbage. No, the cookie doesn't. Although I will tell you, off-brand golden knockoff Oreos mm-hmm. are superior to golden regular Oreos. There are very few things in the world that I am like a brand snob, like needs to be the name brand on, and Oreos is one of them. Regular Oreos. Right, like Regular the, Oreos. The, yeah. 
um, ketchup. Yep. Mayonnaise. Craft mm. singles. I'm not. I don't care about mayonnaise. Um, I mm. do not discriminate. I will also use Miracle Whip. I know you hate oh, it. Oh yeah, I don't. You're wrong. I, can't do I Miracle will Whip. cook with Miracle Whip. I'll eat no. Miracle Whip. It's good. Um, toilet paper <laughs> can't be buying off-brand toilet paper. No, Might as well buy sandpaper. No. Yep. Yep. I'm um, with you. Yeah, those are my like main three: is Oreos, ketchup, and toilet paper. Got to be buying name brand. I I got to do the name brand sour cream. I do. And but I I've, do, I've, I do enjoy the Daisy. Yeah, yeah, I gotta I'll have a dollop of Daisy. The store yeah. brand. I I will say I can do generic, generic cereals and mm-hmm. generic pop tarts, but only strawberry pop tarts can be generic. Mm, no, I can definitely do generic um, chocolate pop tarts. Mm, I don't know if I've had generic. Do you toast your pop tarts? No, I never have time. I don't have that kind of time. Well, you would if you weren't late. But oh yeah, right. <laughs> uh, I think if you toast them you can get away with more of the off brand. Uh, yeah, I don't know this. I feel like <laughs> this is going, this is, we're, we're a couple minutes in and we're, <laughs> all, we've just been talking about food. Clearly we know where our minds yeah, are at. Yeah. Um, anyways, hello everyone. We are Gray's Academy. My name is Carmen. This is Kelsey, the beautiful duo that you have grown to know and love on the internet. Uh, want to take a second and shout out, uh, a couple Germany. people, but first, yeah, Germany. Holy cow. We're like the number one podcast in Germany right now. <laughs> Thank you. If you are coming from Deutschland, let us know. We appreciate you. That is where uh, my ancestors hail from. So I feel very that. blessed. Look so. at that. Bless up Germany. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Uh, make sure if you're listening to us for the first time, you listen, you, you find find the five-star review button. You find the five-star button. You press it. Leave us a review. Hit follow. Hit subscribe wherever you listen. Follow at Gray's Academy Pod on Instagram, at Carmen.Gabriel.Official, at ChaoticallyKelsey. Send Kelsey an email at graysacademypod at gmail.com and with that kelsey take us away to some shout outs we have a new patreon kaylee kaylee from across the pond thank you so much for joining us um also i want to say this explicitly now for those because we have had um more patrons join us on patreon recently um i know we have said we are putting private practice on there and we are but right now excuse me, because we're like two episodes away from the crossovers. Um, our priority is basically just like Carmen plowing through all of those episodes so that we can record the crossovers for the main channel. Um, and then after we've gotten through the crossovers, then we'll be able to take a step back and take the time to record the Patreon private practice episodes. So don't think that we aren't doing that just because we timed this poorly. Um, and he has to cram so much in like, uh, two week span um we yeah. just have to give him we have to prioritize the time watching the show versus talking about it so he's going to be watching a lot of it in the next two weeks and so then closer to the end of august is when we should be putting up some of the private practice episodes on patreon and so i just wanted to like be transparent about the yes. schedule that that's going to look like yeah and and just so you guys all know too like we we go back and forth about taking weeks off and things like that to get caught up. And every once in a while, we may not, we may not do 
like a full week off. We would do a week off of like s- sitting down, taking notes. And we, we, we put a lot of time into the actual episode watching. Mm-hmm. To watch an episode of Grey's is like a three hour endeavor because we of the notes that we take. And I go back and I'm watching this for the first time. So I have to like kind of rewatch some scenes and hit the hit the rewind button and, and whatever. So uh, but if we do have any kind of pauses or where there's a week where it's not going to be like an uh, a new episode, It'll be a podcast, but not for one of the TV episodes. We'll let you know. But the best way to follow that is on our Instagram page. But uh, I did watch the, the second episode of Private Practice. And can I just like drop a little a little nugget here? Kelsey, mm-hmm. is that okay with you? Yeah, that's fine. The baby swap? Yeah. What? Yeah. Crazy. That no. was a good episode. Good. Coming out of the gate with the episode with episode two was, was pretty wild. So. Yeah, Anyways. that's a good show. Uh, I also want to talk about Kaylee for a second here. So I she followed me on Instagram and I went ahead and I was like, hey, I just want to know what you thought. Chatted her up a little bit. And she said that uh, she's watched Grey's loads of times and she's watching along with us, obviously. Um, she's not 100% caught up. So uh, when you do get to this, Kaylee, uh, we appreciate you. And... Um, she uh what is let's see what was the other thing she said blah 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 oh yeah yeah so she was just telling us about how she's like super stoked to go through all the patreon content had a couple of suggestions so some of the things that she's been telling us uh here on this instagram message uh we'll we'll go ahead and um we'll try to implement but i think we're her favorite podcast now like i'm just saying oh i feel blessed anytime anyone we are anyone's favorite prod- podcast love that yeah. it warms our hearts it truly does truly truly should All we right. discuss do we have anything else to say um let us let us discuss okay this is episode 91 of gray's anatomy it is the 13th episode of the fifth season stairway to heaven and that is a song Two songs in a row, back to back, that I have never heard in my entire life. Stairway to Heaven. Just kidding, everyone. Obviously, that's sarcasm. Already yeah. in, spoiler alert, already in the the iPhone library. So I'm going to go ahead and jump to the end here. Five out of five stars here. Never heard it. Uh, Stairway to Heaven. <laughs> Did you say you never heard it? Never heard it. Uh, Stairway to Heaven is by Led Zeppelin, released in 1971, written by Jimmy Page and Robert Plant. And this was from the fourth album. It was their untitled. Um, uh, it's it was their name, their 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 self titled album. Typically, it goes by Led Zeppelin Four, and um, it is worth noting. That on the 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 page that I get some of this information, there's like multiple sources. There's one, two, three, four, five. There's like 15 sources. You know how they have like the little source yeah. buttons next to it that yeah. says this is considered one of the greatest rock songs of all time. So there's yeah. a, apparently a ton of sources out here who who would agree with that, and and we would too. It's it's pretty hard to not um, to to not think that. So uh, it was voted in 2000 as number three on the VH1 list of 100 Greatest Rock Songs of All Time. In 20, uh, 2004, Rolling Stone ranked at number 31 of the 500 Greatest Songs of All Time. And uh, 
Yeah, it's 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 pretty it's pretty insane. The the charting here uh, for being one of the greatest songs of all time did not reach number one on any of the hot uh, charts anywhere in the world. Yeah, it reached number. Oh wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. This can't be right. This can't be right. Are you a liar? No. Yeah, I am a liar. I'm a liar. Okay. Hold on. This is not right. You heard it here. This first. is the digital. This is the digital lie. charts. This is not what I want. Mm. Mm. The internet Hold has please. failed, Carmen. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, and some of the the problem with this is I do my research so quick that I don't even fact check it. Sometime, and as I was looking at, it, I was like, "Huh, that's kind of weird." Um, but it was the digital download charts from 2007 to 2010, and I'm like, "That's yeah, the fucking yeah, that tracks real that it shit." Wouldn't be on that. <laughs> That that list, it wouldn't be number yeah. one then. Yeah, I want to see. Oh, fucking damn it! I may well, not be able to get this to you guys, but anyways. So the song is great, "Stairway to Heaven," and uh, oh, it did say it was. Yeah, okay, hold on. <laughs> it's rank. It's ranked as one of the best rock songs of all time, but it never charted. Crazy can confirm that is crazy <laughs> wow but it was on the digital download charts which means that people finally came around on it it's like for bohemian rhapsody it was never hugely loved until like years after i didn't know that either yeah yeah so what a fun fact yeah Do you know what another fun fact is i finally yeah. saw barbie and it changed my life for the better i need to watch it i need to watch oh my it God, still you really do and you need to buy. See, here's the thing that you would splurge. You would splurge on. It's that pink Bronco. That's what you would get. I probably would. Yeah. If you had the money for the pink Bronco, you would do it. Yeah, I would buy a pink Bronco, especially a vintage one like that. That was lit. Yeah, that was dope. Oh, Barbie's so good. So, anyways, uh, this song is great. The song is dope. If you haven't heard of it, you're living underneath a rock. And with that, Kelsey, my dear friend, take us away. Thank you. This episode was written by Mark Wilding and directed by Allison Liddy Brown. Liddy. Um, it aired January 22nd, 2009 to 14.25 million views. And the Netflix synopsis is... Everyone in the hospital is stepping up to try and find the boy, a new organ donor. The boy. The boy. Sorry, just put That's a it. fucking That's the Oreo whole on. synopsis. So Also, Mark broke his dick. Yeah, I definitely remember that being later on in the series. So I was thrilled that it was this episode because I knew you were going to love that storyline. I was like, Carmen is going to laugh and cry during this. I, this is not the first time that a broken penis has made it into a medical show, but this is probably my favorite. But in the other ones that you watched, did someone like cut, like a patient come in with a broken penis or yeah. did like a main character break their penis? Yeah, no, it was a patient that came in with a broken penis. And actually in the episode of Scrubs that it happened, it was mm -hmm. the guy who plays Stuart from Mad TV. God, he was the cameo and he was like serious he was like an a-hole in that episode but it's funny 
Uh, so anyways, but. Oh, I also had multiple people reach out and tell me that we do learn how old Mark is at a later date. Um, so I can clarify that the age difference is greater than the half his age plus seven. Yeah. Cause he's, he's either 39 or 40 at this point. Okay. Wait, so he's he's you're so he's within the range. No, because half his age half his age plus seven is twenty seven. She's twenty four. So she's in the green. She's good. She's clear. Yeah. Oh <laughs> no, I got <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, you did that really wrong. <laughs> yeah, anything below it. Half his age plus seven, anything and under, right? It's it's less than or equal to half your age plus seven. I get it. I get it Yikes now, people. Yeah, that's not good. So he would have had to have been 34-ish. 34, yeah. that's 17, plus 7 is 24. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. I haven't had enough Oreos. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's going to cure you. That's funny. That's so fucking funny. Half your age plus seven. That's 27. Yeah, she's 24. It's all good. <laughs> Gosh. Hey, Leo DiCaprio, can you all right. figure out what you're doing Step here? Step on up. It'll only be one year relationship and then he'd be out. Goodness. Okay. All right. That's um, funny. Yes. So it's okay for me to know that he's 40 right now. Yes. Okay. Um, so before we start, I just want to mention that it was a Denny voiceover. Which yes, I it was with no recap. And everyone, I just want to take a quick moment. I want to just bask <laughs> in the glory of me being able to predict everything correctly in this TV show. I am incredible. I think at one point I literally said Denny was the Grim Reaper coming to take Izzy home to death. And I just want to say I'm amazing. I'm amazing. Okay. Um, he didn't take her to death, but I Not understand yet. what you're saying. Not yet. Um, I, I told you she was sick and she was going to die. I said it was a brain did tumor. Say she was sick. Yep. We don't know what she's sick with yet. Brain tumor. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so, okay. Do you just want to get into Disney and Izzy? Whatever you want to do. I just need people to know that I'm incredible. This is really all. Well, I, I mean, I was going to list the ways you were wrong. But if you want to go through oh, this one first, and then yeah. we can say the thing that you were wrong about. What possibly could I have been wrong on? You said that William was going to die and donate his organs to Jackson. Okay. There's a chance that I was wrong <laughs> on that. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I was 100% you wrong were. on that. I was wrong. Yes. Yes. Okay. But didn't I say that Jackson was you also going to You did say die? Jackson was going to live. So oh, you were I did correct say he was on that. Die. Oh, mm-hmm. look at me. Suck it. I'll give you I forget. Four, I for- 50% on that because you were correct that he lived. You were wrong on how he lived. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'll give you 0% on the William prediction. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's fair. <laughs> this is all pass fail. This is all pass those, fail. People. Those three donks to the doink, shockingly enough, were not the thing that killed him. I can't even, I, I genuinely don't, that dude took direct hits to the brain and left. And like, that's crazy. The thing is that really confused me is that 
in the end of the previous episode, he donks the doinks and then it like shows his hand like going limp as though he's unconscious. Right. Yeah. And then the next episode starts and like. He's not he's not unconscious. He's basically walking around the track at the gym with the old people. He's just like doing it. He's basically a spring chicken. That's how little it affected him. Like, His brain he is has impervious. a seizure or whatever. And Sadie's like, come on, we should go in there. And Meredith's like, go away. <laughs> <laughs> That's an order. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Um, and Sadie's like, okay, I'm confused because people are telling me to be a good doctor and I'm trying to do that. And now people are telling me to not do any doctoring. Yeah. Um, anyways, so, Meredith pages Bailey and she like she's like wrapping his skull but he's not again he's like awake because Bailey's like oh did you page Derek and she's like no because he's a match for your patient and she's like I don't care page Derek and he's like no I don't want to do that Basically looking like Voldemort on the back of that dude's head. Yeah. It's just unclear to me how the progression of direct blunt force trauma to the brain, not the skull, not the head, the brain. To the brain. And he's just chitting, chitting and chatting with everybody. Yeah. The dude... The the William I, yeah people people die quicker when they get hit in the brain skull, and if the only reason is is because the swelling in this instance had pressure like a, like an outlet for pressure mm-hmm. because the the piece of skull was removed. That's mm-hmm. the only thing I can think of. But he's sitting there. Remember remember how Voldemort looked in in the first Harry Potter, and he's on the back of the guy's head underneath his yes head garb that's what he looked like in this episode he's sitting there like a little baby voldemort brain and i want to die and then he's like i don't want to die (laughs) like yeah katie perry step on in come on let me also say um chandra wilson everyone's precious favorite dr bailey was nominated for an Emmy for this episode specifically. And that is in no way surprising. This is an incredible episode for her. Like what a journey. Rip your heart out. Like you just are right there with her the whole time. Like everything she does, you're like, yeah, okay. I like kind of get it. Like she's just pushed so, so far into and like reflecting on like her own beliefs and like views of the world. And it's just like incredible to go on that journey with the character. And also like, she just plays it so fucking well. Yeah. It's, it's not often that you get to see. So like that scene where she walks, I know we're jumping ahead, right? Like, but that scene uh-huh. where she walks into Derek's operating room and is like, Derek, you need to, you need mm-hmm. to not save this guy's life. Yep. And they go through base. She goes through an entire character arc in just that scene alone. Yeah, it's it's wild. So, yeah, Chandra Wilson, come on the podcast. Let's talk about this please, episode. Please. Seriously. I would simply vomit. Well, um, don't do that. Of joy. All right. Chandra, um, it's so nice to. Blah. Truly. <laughs> um, 
I'm going to need okay, to eat so an Oreo. With the continuation of the the William and Meredith storyline. So Meredith is like, I don't even know how to like describe what path Meredith has gone down on this episode because like the past two episodes, I'm like, okay, I kind of see where you're coming from there. You're like a little bit, you know, again, the gray area, you know, it's not black and white. I don't know. It's like very bizarre that she's like, I just want to let him die and give this boy. I don't know. Like, I truly don't know. Like with Bailey, I feel like it's so clear because there's the other patient involved with Meredith. I'm like, literally what, like, what is it? Well, like what am I supposed to believe his driving her? She, she, you kind of get a little bit of at the end is, she says she, she wanted she to wants. show him compassion. Yeah, I mean, right. I do appreciate that part where she's like, I don't understand me. And I'm like, I... Someone needed I do, to say it. I do actually relate to that sometimes. Yeah. Because I'm like, why do I care so much about X, Y, or Z when it's like so irrelevant to my life? Um, but some but things people just feel strongly about and that's what it, it is, what it is. The the thing, and I've I've had this like philosophical conversation with friends before. We don't have the time to get into it here. The thing that separates people from beasts, the beasts mm-hmm. of the land, is compassion and empathy. It's such a unique thing to humans, and compassion is not natural. And I think it's that's the thing. It's definitely not easy. It's not sure. easy, but it, it's 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 not. Na- it goes against human nature because. And again, I know we're jumping ahead. We're kind of this. This already has been kind of like a wild episode, yeah. right? But you jump to the end of the the episode, and you've got William sitting there dying in front of, I assume, the families of the people that he murdered. Yeah, that's typically, I think, the the ones who go to that is like for closure. The people they're like, yeah, they want closure. They want to see the justice unfold. Yeah, and regardless of your uh, all of your thoughts on capital punishment. Right, like mm-hmm. that's this is this is the scene we get, and Meredith goes there to show him compassion, and he he's like, I just wanted a friendly face when I died. Death is scary, and obviously that wrecks her emotionally. But it's crazy to think even someone who so easily took lives and enjoyed lives, you're still able to go like, yeah, that sucks. Like you're well, you're fucked up, but yeah. like still you're a person. That's the, that's the hard thing of compassion. Yeah. And also it's like, I can't, I truly can't imagine like being in the vicinity, like watching someone die, especially in the scenario where he knows that he's dying. It's one thing, like obviously they lose patients and there's always, you know, a chance that the patient could die. But yeah, like, I think it's gotta be a whole other level to just sit down and like watch somebody die when they know that they're about to die. And also I thought the way they played that scene out where he like sees her and then he doesn't break eye contact with her. She looks away for a little bit, um, but she ends up like coming back and like making eye contact with him basically until he dies. So like once the paralytic comes, then he like kind of his head rolls away. But until that point, like that's she's she's in it. The last person that he sees basically before he dies. Yeah. It's so, so just wild. Like I can't, I truly can't fathom any of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, 
were you surprised to see her go? Well, he obviously in, invites her, quote unquote, to his death, his execution. Execution. Um, yeah. Were you surprised, A, that they showed it and B, that she went? A, yes, I'm surprised they showed it. Mm-hmm. B, I'm not surprised she went. Yeah. I think like, it's uh, it's a bold choice because, A, we get very few scenes outside of the hospital. And when we do have them, it's normally in someone's home, like one of the apartments or Meredith's house. Like we don't get a lot of scenes outside of the hospital that are like in new places. Um, and for the new place to be a prison where someone's being executed is like just very uh, like a jarring departure. And it's not, they don't leave anything to the imagination. It's not, he lays down, they make eye contact, and then you cut to Meredith coming out of the cell. They're like, this is what execution looks like. Yeah, yeah, you see the injection drop, you see him, Mm -hmm. lemons, that's his big Mm -hmm. thing, and then you see him, his soul, leave the body. And that's a bold choice. I will say, not bold comparatively to you can watch saving private Ryan and you're seeing mangled exploded mm-hmm. human bodies but like you're a net, that's a network TV show watching yeah. an execution you yeah. got to believe that the Shondaland team was trying to make a statement on that somehow buried in there on capital punishment right like i don't know maybe i'm reading too far into that but I mean, I think in a way they were in the first of the three episodes, just on the fact that they had they they had a conversation where people were on both sides of it. Yeah, just the, um, I'm on the side no of one, justice. No one was ex- explicitly ever like, "Oh, you are wrong, and only we are right." Like it was pretty split. It seemed between between people. Um, well, okay, so let's backtrack and talk about before William dies. <laughs> Yeah, the um, rest of the episode. <laughs> so, like, Meredith and, you know, Miranda are going back and forth, and she's like, Bailey's like, why why are you not paging Derek? Like, that's your job. And she's like, well, he doesn't want that. And she's like, I, I actually don't give a shit. Like, your job is to keep him alive, and that means you page Derek, and my job is to keep my patient alive, so I'm going to go figure out a way to do that. And Meredith's like, mm, I have a way. <laughs> Um, nana nana boo boo he's gotta die she she (laughs) keeps going in with william and being like are you sure you don't want me to page dr shepherd and he's like is he your boyfriend and she's like are you sure you don't want me to page him and he's like "Mm, i bet he's your boyfriend um he has exquisite taste uh, yeah uh and so then at some point christina gets there and she like sees that Meredith is acting weird. And so she goes into William's room and she's like, what the actual fuck is wrong with you? And she's like, did you pay Shepard? And Meredith goes, the patient doesn't want that. And they kind of go back and forth on it for a minute. And William just goes, help me. I don't want to die. And you're like this motherfucker. Yeah. I was super pissed at that shit (laughs) because remember that time Grievous ate that turtle in uh, our backyard and (laughs) Gabe was just like, help me. Like, that's what I thought of when this fucking guy is like, come on, just fucking just kick it. All right. Oh, gosh. He's such a fucking guy. So then they go to the surgery and we get the just like incredible scene of Bailey coming into the OR and being like, please stop what you're doing. I need this. 
Derek's like, you need to leave. And she's like, no, I don't. I, I need you to stop. And he's like, we took an oath. And she's like, I actually don't care about the oath in this moment. It does not matter to me. Um, and she's like, yeah, what, what he was says, the, is this really what you want? Do you have the exact dialogue of this yeah, the exchange? The thing Ooh. for me is they, I know the point they were trying to make is the oath for you right now, right now, Derek is getting in the way of the oath for me. And that I think is kind of the crazy thing with medicine is each life deserves to be saved. That's the oath. Uh, but the oath, the, the specific scene is the life that they're saving is, is running the risk of killing the life that they're also trying to save a room yeah. down the hall. Um, and I think one of the lines that stands out of that exchange is when she says right now, the oath does not make sense. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, but do you have that exchange pulled up there? You got it. Um, I'm having nope. some struggles. Oh, I was going to say, I thought you got this fancy new website that it just has yeah, the whole... Yeah, I did, um, but then I had the wrong episode pulled up. <laughs> Ooh, that's okay. Here it is. Uh, oh, you got, okay. While you're scrolling to that... <gasps> oh. What? You're reading something. I'm concerned. She's got the look of concern in her eyes. She, like, you could <gasps> see I'm tracking her eyes move across the screen right now. What? What? It's like not there. Hold on. You just, you keep talking about whatever you were going to say. I don't even know. And now I'm concerned. What <laughs> was it the wrong episode? No, it's like, it said that it, it wasn't on. Like I couldn't click the link directly to the episode, but if I should, I just do a it, quick graze it, graze anatomy, Google search on my phone just to find it. Yeah. Just real quick. Just graze anatomy, just blatant yeah. graze anatomy. <laughs> I don't remember what Jessica and I, Jessica and I were arguing the other night and she says, how would you feel if I just spoiled Grey's Anatomy for you? And I was like, but that doesn't just affect me. That affects literally so many people. It affects our, our listeners, our fans, and also Kelsey and my friendship. I would, I would maybe be upset with her if that happened. I think you would for sure be upset with her. Yeah. Germany didn't come here for a Carmen who's gotten spoilied. (laughs) Truly. Um, Anyways, so we're while you're looking for that, pr- just immediately prior to that, so like Derek finds out and he is he is pissed, mm-hmm. like he's he's livid, and they're both they're both sitting there going that they believe that the decision is correct, and uh, then Derek goes, yeah, he preys on young women, like you just got fucked, and he doesn't get wishes. That, that that part is pretty. I will say I feel like might be a valid argument. Like he doesn't really get wishes because he yeah. doesn't like from a from the standpoint of the justice system playing out the way that it has. Not from a see. This is where I struggle because I'm like, there do need to be repercussions when you are criminally murdering people. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um. But I, I'm like, but he's still a person. So I'm like, you still should have like autonomy over like your, your body and like your, the way you're, I don't know. It's just like, it's, I have, I don't know really how I feel about it. Like it's very back and forth in my head. I mean, here's, I personally don't love the death penalty because like, obviously in this scenario, the man is like, yes, I did this. I did it. And clearly he went to court. There was evidence and he also admitted it. I feel like there are a lot of people who get sentenced to the death penalty and then they get executed and there is 
questionable evidence and they maintain innocence. And I'm like, I just feel very strongly if you cannot prove it like so like a bajillion times over with no question, then it's just shouldn't be an option. Cause like, what if you're wrong? And I'm just like, that to me is really where I'm like, you just don't like, no one can know for sure. Yeah. Basically (sighs) what we're trying to say is nobody knows when you're not in the room where it happens. Nobody knows where you might end up. Nobody knows. That was a much better joke. Do you know that I am the original artist who recorded the Grey's Anatomy theme song? If you did not know that, or if you did know that, (laughs) it's a lie. Uh, Make sure to (laughs) follow us on Patreon and subscribe, and we'll be happy to have. We're going to do a full recording, uh, mixing and mastering, where Kelsey just sings that song by herself, uh, pentatonic style, where she goes boom. That guy makes his voice so low. It blows my mind. Yeah, it's super crazy. Okay, uh, so I have it. Dr. Shepard, Dr. Bailey, I need you to stop. I need you to put down the scalpel. This man is trying to kill himself. And God forbid, or God forgive me, I need you to let him. And Derek says, you need to leave my OR. And she says, in five days, this man is going to die and his organs are going to go with him. They'll be buried with his body and they'll rot in the ground. And that is a crime. It is a crime against life. It is only five days. That's it. That's all we're taking from him. And he doesn't want them anyway. And he's and Derek says, we took an oath, Miranda. And she says, I know that. I know we took an oath. But right now that oath makes no sense. It makes no sense. It doesn't. Just stop. Don't do anything else for this man. And then Derek says, if I stop the surgery, it's the same as me sticking the scalp into the brain. Is that what you want? And she says, yes. That's what I want. And he says, I'm sorry, what do you want? She's like, I mean, how many times does he give her the chance to be like, no, no, you're right. And she just keeps being like, kill him. Well, murder him. (laughs) (laughs) Take him to the ground. In front of me, murder him. And Bailey says, I know this is excruciating, but what I want, what I need. Oh, wait, no, sorry. That cut to another scene. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. That's that's the Weber scene. Yep, yep, sorry. So sorry. Yeah, because the Bailey and Derek scene really go back and forth a lot. It's a lot. And the thing that's crazy is, like, she doesn't, she does not get to the point where she's like, okay, no, 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 I'm I'm, I'm out. Until Derek's like, all right, Christina, whatever it is that you think we need to do, Bailey's in charge. Bailey, should Christina do this drip procedure to help save this guy's life? Mm-hmm. And then she's like, eventually she gets there. She's like, yeah, just fucking do it. And then she leaves. Yeah. I I honestly didn't. I thought she was going to keep doubling down. She doubled down and tripled down and quadrupled down for so I long mean, that I'm like. truly a long And then she time. just stops. And then she just stops. Yeah. Okay. So then he's hemorrhaging through his craniectomy. This is when Christina's like, he's hemorrhaging. Like, should I put in the drain? And Derek goes, that's up to Dr. Bailey. And Christina's like, what the Dr. Bailey? What the Dr. Bailey? Should I put in a cocktail? Like, what? Christina's like, this is not the way. <laughs> Like, this is not the way that Christina understands the world. And you can see that she is literally like, why the fuck are you even entertaining this? Like, she's so confused, but she also is like, has so much respect for authority that she's like, I don't even like, what, what am I supposed to do here? Um, And so she's like, should I put in the drain? And Bailey's like, no. And Christina goes, there's a lot of bleeding. And uh, Derek is like, I am aware of that, Dr. Oh, I see it. We're like, we're right. We're standing right here. She's like looking down. Like, I know that he's dying. 
a death. Yeah. That's when Derek <laughs> says, aware. I get I get paid like six million dollars a year to tell you right now there's bleeding in this guy's brain. I yeah. get it. <laughs> so then uh, Derek says, It's your call, Dr. Bailey. It's up to you. Am I an executioner or a surgeon? It's up to you. It's your call. And then there's a very long pause. A long goes, pause. Pick up the scalpel and like backs her little crock feet out of the room. It's tough it's to watch. Wild. It's tough to watch. It's it's like you ever watch those scenes that are just so intense where you're you've transitioned past the Michael Jackson popcorn bowl at the movie theater stage into like I'm uncomfortable. Well, and <laughs> that was like, that scene. Yeah. It like was you maybe so still intense. Have the popcorn, but you're like frozen in time. Yeah. Like popcorn yeah. on the way to the mouth. <laughs> it just falls out of your mouth. Or like yeah. you ever you ever just feel like something is so intense that it's like you need to justify its intensity and say like, oh, it's so cringy. Ooh, just me? No? Okay. <laughs> like, yeah. it was wild. And I had to watch that scene a couple of times at work mm-hmm. uh, today while I was on my lunch eating my uh, noodles and company buffalo chicken mac mm, and cheese. I haven't had noodles and co in so long. Mm, yeah, it was, it was hit. It hit today. But the customer service there was just butt. So anyways, yeah, great scene. Great scene, Chandra. Truly. Anything else you got to add with that scene, or do you want to go into the next part of this particular storyline? Um, let's move on to post-surgery, William. Um, He's just so a then, like, well, first of all, at the end of the surgery, they save him, and Meredith's like, "Ugh, what a waste!" And I'm like, "All right, I know we have a difference of opinions, or you and Derek are having a difference of opinions, but like, keep it to yourself." Yeah, that, <laughs> like, maybe that is, wasn't meant this for... This is crossing the line. This is That was for sure, like, if that had been anyone other than Derek, I don't think she would have said that. Like, she said that because he's also her boyfriend. Yeah. That's where the lines get blurred as far as their, like, relationship in the hospital goes, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, maybe she would have, but I don't think so. Like, maybe if it was Weber, I kind of feel like she would have crossed that line and said some kind of snarky remark. Well, and that's when Derek goes, we saved a life. That's, that's never, a, never waste. a waste. And I'm like, you know what? That's that's a good way to look at it. It is even it's hard because he is also like, I want this man to be executed. But I understand his points of view, even if his, I don't agree with them 100 <laughs> percent. His views, though, they're so intense that they're they're so intense that they're wrong. Because he he believes so intensely that this guy's life needs to be saved because he doesn't get to get off that easy because he needs to get killed. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to say they're wrong because for him and his storyline and his past and his history, it, it's right. It makes sense. It's not it makes my, sense. It's not my journey. It's not my not belief my, system. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that I'm wrong. To him, it probably means I'm wrong, but I'm just, it is what it is. Also, he's a fictional character, so that's fine. Right. Right. <laughs> um, okay, so this part I also wanted to talk about. When Meredith is checking on William post-surgery when he's waking up, and she's, like, kind of standing off. She's a little, like, on edge, and he's like, oh, I was playing you the entire time. I wanted to end your career and be around to watch the fallout. And she just turns around, and she's like, no. You got scared because death is scary and you chickened out. Which one of those things do you think is true? I believe it's the chickened out thing. I do too, because the way that it happened where he had 
waited like it was Christina in the room that he was like, please call somebody. That's like you're putting a lot like you're betting a lot that someone else is going to come in, because if no one else had ever come in to ask for help and ruin her career, then your plan fails and you just die. Yeah. And also that's why I was like, I just don't think you're telling the truth. But also sociopaths will just make anything up just to fucking for fun to feel things. Right. But also it's, it's like the, it's they, they would rather fuck with you than tell the truth anyways. And they're crazy. So, you know, (laughs) who knows if you believe them, but Meredith saw right through it again, that probably could go either way. But I think at the end, when you see kind of this, it's sad, the sigh of relief or like the half smile he give he gets when mm-hmm. either it's he's glad that he gets to see the familiar, the friendly face in the crowd, quote unquote, friendly face in the execution yeah. room, or it's this half smile of like, man, she's so fucking gullible and this is going to ruin her night. <laughs> like, that's true. You know? I didn't actually think about that. You know, it could be that he's like, wow, I'm so glad she came here so that I could be like a defining moment for her life. Yeah. Cause he's definitely, I feel like any psychopath murderer is going to have that level of narcissism to believe that they could have that lingering effect on someone. Um, yeah, I, I think it's more like wanting a human connection and like he like no one else was there that knew him. It was, you know, as we said, probably just family members of the victims, um, maybe like detectives who worked on the case or whatever. But um, yeah, I think to me it was more like he was like, wait, this is connection. This is like what a human connection feels like, even though there's physical barriers between us. And also I'm literally on my deathbed. I think there was just a moment where he was like, Oh, humanity (laughs) probably shouldn't have murdered those people. Right. It's, you can have a redemption arc that immediately has a resolution. And I'm not saying that he has redemption, but he, Mm -hmm. he sees to your point, if that's the way that they that they were writing it, and obviously it's done so well that it's open to interpretation because we're talking yeah. about it. If that was where the writers were going, he gets his Darth Vader moment. Well, he, I don't call. I don't think it's a redemption arc because I don't find what he did to be redeemable. No, no, no it's definitely not, an arc. Not redeeming a, a humanity redemption arc because you're you're led to believe that this guy just does doesn't value life, mm-hmm. and for the first time in his life, you're led to believe that he sees that there's value in human life to some extent, but only because it's his life. Right. But I'm saying, okay, anyways, we're saying the same thing and we're (laughs) clearly, we are, we're basic. We're the exact same words are coming out of our mouths. Yeah. I would not use the word redemption in any way. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Is the issue. It is an arc. It is an arc that you, I I don't think you would predict from the episode where we first meet him three episodes ago. I definitely agree. It's an arc. It's just, there has, there's another word other than redemption. I think it's just like. It completes, know, like, it completes the arc. It's yeah. just complete. It just it's humanizes the concept of execution, I yeah. guess. It's, yeah. it's wild that, it you know, wild. a network television show was doing this in 2009. Um, truly. 
okay. So then also while all this is going on, obviously like Christina and Meredith are still fighting. Derek now has the ring from his mom. He goes to Christina. He's like, what do you think? Should I get a reset? And she's like, Hey, ask somebody else. And he's like, Hey, why don't you just stop fighting and answer my question? And she's like, no. Um, and then yeah. after he's the like, excuse- hasn't this gone on long enough? And we're like, <laughs> yes, Derek, finally some fucking common sense being thrown around. Um, and so then after this is, I love this moment for a lot of reasons after the execution, you know, Derek's waiting for her and she comes out, she's like crying. She's like, I know you don't understand me. I don't understand me. I just wanted to show him compassion. And it was terrible. Um, and so he takes her and then we just see like he, Christina opens her door and Derek's there and she's like, he goes, she's in the car and she won't stop crying. And Christina goes, did you propose? (laughs) Which I think is, makes me laugh every time. It's so funny. Um, and then he's like, no, she went to William's execution. Uh, and then it, Christina gets in the car with Meredith who is sobbing and Derek is just like sitting on a bench outside just like letting them have their time to resolve their situation and like go through this together and i think that speaks volumes not only to their friendship but like his understanding of their friendship which i will say as much as i shit on Derek in aspect like in the relationship with meredith i do think he always has like a like very clear understanding of their bond and like yeah. The fact that, you know, she's my person, you're my person, whatever. Like, he's very respectful of that. And he's never, like, pushed back and been like, and like, yeah, he gets annoyed when he gets kicked out of bed. But I always felt like that was more from just, like, I want to sleep in my bed. <laughs> Not, yeah. like, yeah. I want to be with Meredith. She was more just like, I just want to be asleep. Yeah, I get that. So yeah, I love I'm, that I, moment. I will tell you. I'm actually sad that we didn't get to hear what they were saying. Mm-hmm. It's just, it goes to, if you're watching with the subtitles, inaudible. it goes to inaudible dialogue. Yeah. <laughs> so I wish we would have gotten that. But yeah, I when think, Derek was like, isn't it time to wrap that shit up here, Christina? I was yeah. like, yeah. Th- okay. So it's, I, I, we're coming to an end soon. That's good. With Derek's calling it out, we're coming <laughs> to an end. Yes. I like that. <clears throat> excuse me, this episode wraps wraps up many, many storylines. Hopefully. Hopefully it wraps it up. I don't know if this is going to be the case where it... Maybe maybe they're still fighting. I don't know. Also, oh my goodness. Coughing Sorry, fit. Having, Good thing yeah. we're recording the video for this. We're going to put that yeah. one live. <laughs> put it right on Instagram. So sorry. Um, so yeah, I think the choice to have the inaudible dialogue is because... To resolve their fight, it's going to be more than, you know, like a 10 second conversation, which is what is shown. So I think to me, that's where that choice comes from is like they can't there's not enough time to like hash out the fight and like come to a resolution, in my opinion. In this episode on. And that's why we have to just like assume like, oh. She got in and she was like, well. I guess I'll be your friend again, even though you're so wrong. And maybe Meredith was like, you, you will be my friend again, even though you're so wrong. And they were like, all right, (laughs) friendship continued. We're wrong together, which is fine. Sounds familiar. Yeah. Well, if it was you and me, we'd be right together because (laughs) neither one of us would want to admit that we were wrong. Well, I very rarely am wrong. The difference is you're wrong. Never wrong. I've never been wrong once in my life constantly wrong 
Um, okay, so yeah, is there anything else on the William storyline, or do we want to move on to someone else? Quick look through my notes. Oh yeah, so here's the thing. Like in the beginning, I think if I remember correctly, Bailey is in the room when William goes, "The kid wants to live, and I have organs, and I'm ready Mm -hmm. to die." So like, there have been multiple people where he has. If that was his choice, was to to tank Meredith's career, he would have done it there in front of Bailey, not fucking Christina. Yeah, that's true too. That's that's like some more shit where I'm like, okay, no, it's this is not no. So that was the only note that I had that I wanted to put in there. Um, and then, he, of course, he gets the end. He goes, lemons. I guess that yeah, old bastard grandpa, grandpa of mine wasn't was... a liar. Yeah. Put that on the, the arc, the humanity arc, harboring feelings of lying towards his grandpa his whole life. Calm down, <laughs> William. Yeah, he's got some He needs therapy. <laughs> Maybe you should have had that therapy before the, the life. Yeah, before before the the murder. Before spree. the murder, yeah. You know, like you do. Okay, so yeah, anything else, or are we moving on? Who shall we discuss next? Uh, you decide. I think I'm good with anyone. Okay, let's talk about um, Christina and Owen. Yeah, not a lot to talk about there. Not but a lot, but nice. It's a good storyline. Yeah, a nice it's follow a positive up to the, the last episode. What I like about this storyline is that Hunt's just like he's he's just honest. You know, he's like, yeah. look, I I got some shit. She um, literally goes, "You have some problems," and he's like, "Yes," and she goes, "Like big problems," and he's like, "Yes." Will and she yeah, with me she doesn't hold back either, yeah, which is she's great. Like, I will. Um, Did not see that coming, actually. at the beginning when they, like, run into each other in the closet and he tries to apologize and she keeps being like, it's okay. And he's he goes, it's not. And she goes, it's not, but we don't have to talk about it. And then she just leaves. <laughs> Mood. Yeah. Yeah. I, but the, he, so we, we get the beginning of the episode, this episode or towards the beginning. So he stayed the night there. Yes. And he was in the bed and we get the scene where Christina's just staring at him until mm-hmm. he she leaves and then he's like, yeah. Oh, uh, uh, what? Christina, you're here? And she wasn't. Where she am was I? Gone. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I like I like the fact that Christina calls him out and she's like, dude, you got a lot of like this is this is big. And he's like, Yeah, it's big. I told you. Like I saw everyone in my unit die and I one time laid on a dude's body for hours to save him and then he killed himself. Yep. I've got stuff that fucked me up. And yeah. we talked about this a little bit last week. I don't remember exactly what we said because I haven't gone back and listened to this episode. It takes a special kind of person yeah. to to be with a current or former soldier. Right. So like... The and fact think, that Christine is willing to go through this it puts yeah. another layer to her character development that we see. Yeah. And I think that it's one thing, you know, if you're in a relationship with someone before they're deployed and you like know that they're going to go through this like life changing journey and life changing event and God knows what else. Um, and you're like preparing for that. And you probably like have a support system of other spouses um, of people in the military Versus, you know, meeting this person after they've experienced their trauma. You know, I'm not saying one is like more difficult or one is easier because 
for sure with like the first one, you knew them before and then you know them after like Christina obviously is really just meeting Owen in the after like, yes, she had this small interaction with him, but like he would have already had like that whole, like the whole best surgery ever would have already happened um, when he met her the first time. And so I don't think that they like knew each other enough for that to, to be like that impactful on it. But so she's meeting him after. So she hasn't ever, you know, known a different version of him where he's like pre-war pre-war versus post-war. Um, but I do think it's important that it's addressed up front. Like you have big old bag of problems and he's like, yep. Still want to date? Sure do. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, dude, like I do, but like, I'm yeah. still in this. And she's like, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, the math checks out. I've done the research and mm-hmm. I've made a decision and yeah, but you know that she also didn't just think about that on the spot. You know that she was probably in her head thinking the since the shower moment till then. Is this someone that I could be with? Is because yeah. he he clearly likes her, and she does mm-hmm. like him. In different ways, I think. Still, they're still mm-hmm. they're not fully synced up. I think you know, like her and Burke. Once there was kind of like this mutual. Uh affection i think they both were on the same page right away i think hunt likes christina more than christina likes hunt at this point but mm-hmm. i think the way they're writing the character is hunt likes what christina represents which is the chance to be with someone who's known him through multiple iterations of his ptsd but also i think that christina is the kind of person who sees him for what he can be and sees past the ptsd as well and i think hunt knows that well, and also she's so like upfront and like straightforward. Yeah, absolutely. And that's he needs something that, clearly. that he needs because he's not he's not going to have like potentially the emotional bandwidth to like, f- quote unquote, figure things out. Like he needs someone who's just going to be like, these are my thoughts and feelings and this is what I need from you. And, you yeah. know, if he can be like, that's something I can do or that is something that is beyond my capability at this point, you know, we'll have to wait and see how that um plays out but yeah i just think that it's it is definitely a very interesting pairing which is which is what i like i like them and they're they're honestly they're a cute couple too like it's compelling for sure very much so uh any other notes that you have on that i don't think for them i think there was just a quick little situation yeah, I'm trying to look through my notes, and I don't think there's anything else that I that I have on that. Yeah, I don't yeah. think so. Okay. Also, what should we talk about next? I think we let's talk about quick... Mark and Lexi. I think Wait, we should say? pause for a yeah. quick message from our regional sponsors. What say you, Kelsey? Let us do that first. Let us do that. Regional sponsors, uh, take it away. One of the best things about finishing a great book is knowing that you have another one ready to go in your to be read pile. With Book of the Month, you can make sure that your to be read pile stays stocked and ready to go. Each month, you can use the app to select from five to seven titles vetted and curated by the team at Book of the Month focusing specifically on debut authors and early releases. If you can't choose just one, you can always upgrade and add more from your selection. 
And if that TBR pile starts to get a little too tall, you can skip as many months as you need to give yourself a little extra time to catch up on what you have. Personally, I am a huge fan of suspense and psychological thrillers, so I was very excited to see multiple books on the selection list for May that fit that description. I selected two different titles, both of which are set in Washington State, just like our favorite show, Grey's Anatomy. I thoroughly enjoyed The Return of Ellie Black, the first thriller novel from Amiko Jean, and have Middle Tide by Sarah Crouch ready to read on my road trip next week. Right now, you can sign up for Book of the Month and use code PEDALS to get your first book for only $5. That's code PEDALS, P-E-T-A-L-S, to get your first book for only $5. Watch out for that blue box at your door and get your TBR pile stocked and ready. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. And we are back. And Kelsey, I just sent you a quick message in our little chat here. I, I don't see, know that. If you see that. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So welcome back. We're back. Hello. Hi. Thanks. Thanks. Um, okay. Shall we move into Shondaland? I think we should. We shall. Sing my theme song. You have to give me the. You have to give me the lead up though. I can't. <gasps> unless I it know. Unless I know that it's everyone's. Yeah. They, there favorite it is, there segment. It is. Living in Chandaland. Living in Chandaland! Chris Pratt's walking in right now. I feel really bad because you really committed to that, and um, there's no one in Chandaland this week. I'm glad I got it out, though. I'm glad I got it. But I want, like, I hate it when you don't sing it. So I never want to tell you beforehand because I don't want you to not sing it. Because yeah. I love it when you sing it. <laughs> the people love it too. The people I, demand it. Yeah, the people. Genuinely, I people message us going, "I love." And when people are like, "I love living in Chondaland," they'll say, "I love all caps living in Chondaland" because yeah. they yell it at us when they're complimenting <laughs> yes. us. Um, I genuinely, as I made a note on my phone, I said, "One of these fucking execution families 
is going to be a sleeper Shondaland pick. None of them? I did. I like went into the extras, like the uncredited extras. Because again, it's the same thing as last week where like we only, as far as patients, we only get like one new one. It's the uh, organ donation wife lady. It's like the only Uh, new patient we get this week. Oh, this week, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, yeah, I thought you yeah, said yeah. last week, and I was like, last no, no. week we got it's short, the same short thing guy as last week, where because we already have these existing storylines, we are right. only getting new, like one new person. Yeah. Um, and when she wasn't, I was like, I'm gonna have to dig into the uncredited, uncredited crowd. That's when you put not on your a, white rubber gloves and you go, let's do this I know. shit. <laughs> not a one, and I was like, damn it, Shonda. It's okay. Damn it. It's at least at least the amount of episodes that she has that don't have anyone crossover isn't the minority so like yeah, most of the time that this happens and we all like the uh the 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 journey that because when we get people that we see that we've seen before or like yeah. there was when i saw the one there was a couple people that i have seen in how to get away with murder that i'm like oh wait shit i know this person yeah, or like so. when David Rosen was there. Oh, I love or David Cyrus Rosen. Bean. Man, man. Oh, yeah, Cyrus Bean. So, like, Thatcher's still alive in this show. In this in this storyline, Thatcher is still alive. So, like... Yes, guys, Carmen has uh, finally started watching Scandal again. <laughs> yes, uh, and Cyrus Bean just got released from jail. So, this is a... This is a doozy. And okay, hold on. Spoiler alert. Skip forward 30 seconds if you haven't watched Scandal because this is a this is a big one. Fucking Huck died and then lived. I don't this shit was wild. That was a fucking journey. Megan, I know you're listening to this right now because you binged all of this show and you've been great at not spoiling this. But like when they shoot him, when she when when she shoots him 5 times, or four times, whatever it is. And then he's sitting there, just eyes open, mouth open in the back of the trunk. I'm like, he's dead. And then we cut back to him later and he's like, <gasps> and I'm like, he's not dead. It was crazy. <laughs> it was, a, and I'm texting you live through all of this. Truly insane. It's crazy. Yeah, Cause he's like, wait, Huck dies. And then I was like, I'm just going to not respond. Yeah. Yeah. And then like 45 minutes later, he's like, never mind. He's yeah. alive. <laughs> but to think that Abby was behind this. And then when, when, um, when, uh, Liv smacks the shit out of her three times. I was like, there's no way this is real. This has to be a dream sequence. And then it cuts to the next scene. I'm like, no, she just she fucking slapped Abby. My yeah, the, gosh. Yeah. That show, man. Good show. Great writing. Mm. Anyways. Show. All right. Let's talk about well done, broken, Shonda. broken dick, broken dick, man. Lexi and Mark go into the long call room. Like Dr. Sloan. Dr. Gray, after you, Dr. Gray. Oh, thank mm-hmm. you, Dr. Sloan. Yeah. Uh, and then the interns are like, uh, I just want to sleep. And they're like loud sex noises. Like mm-hmm. you would think if you wanted to not get caught, you would A, not do it at the hospital mm-hmm. and B, be quiet. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, the but first alas. option apparently is impossible for people. They have to have <laughs> sex at the, the hospital. Apparently, the second one is as well. Yeah, yeah, I never understood that. Uh, and if if like the sex in the hospital takes place as often as these shows represent it, like mm-hmm. good, I'm glad everyone's having their consensual sex. But like, just be quiet. Just be quiet. No, thank you. They're made for sleep. Yeah. But they transition. They're like, oh yeah, that's like that's sex noises, and then it goes. Ah! And they're like, no, that's no more. That's that's not good. That's bad. And then they all just run away. I'm yeah. Like, You're doctors. Shouldn't you like try and help that person? 
So I my knee jerk reaction before we saw that he broke his penis was that uh, I I thought like a scalpel fell on him and like cut him or something. <laughs> In the on-call room, there's yeah. just a scalpel dangling from the ceiling, <laughs> right down, hung, hung by a piece. You of know glue. how, like, when you're a kid and you just like throw the pencils up, and then eventually they fall. It was yep. that, but a scalpel. Yeah, <laughs> that was the game. That's the game they yeah. play at Seattle Grace. Um. So yes, they there is loud noises because his wiener is broken. Broken wiener, and I feel bad Did for the guy. Did you laugh? Oh yeah, I laughed. Okay. I Obviously thought you would, I but I was also like, maybe he won't. It's sad. Um, I laughed every time the interns were talking about when they were in that room. And they're like, man, whoever broke his dick, that's legendary. And the one guy was like, that's the kind of girl I want in my life. She rides him so hard. She breaks his dick. Uh, that's like, It's just it? funny stuff. Because I, are, aren't you saying that you then want someone to break your wiener? Oh, man. I wish like, someone would just break my dick. <laughs> Like, that's kind of, I feel like the implication of what he's saying. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so, well, she pays just Callie and Callie's like, oh, I can't, I have a 911 page. She's like, no, I'm the 911 page because I I broke Dr. Sloan. And she's like, is this a joke? And Lexi's like about to cry. And then they both like run away (laughs) because they know that that's bad news bears. Um, It was a cute moment. That was a cute cute. moment. Um, And then... They get Owen involved. Uh, hilarious. Mark is like, not him. He's a meatballer. And Callie's like, no, he's, what does she say? Like, he's thorough and he'll keep his mouth shut. Yeah. Yeah. Also, when he's like, uh, I've done this before or whatever. And Mark's like, oh, do guys run into this a lot on the battlefield? And, and he's like, I don't think you and I need to talk about how guys run into this. Yeah. I'm like, Ugh. Uh, loaded comment um and yeah. so then yeah so they, they're like oh we need to do surgery like really soon otherwise there will be permanent damage and he just goes oh god no permanent damage <laughs> <laughs> uh the thing that i Bless the thing that i sad little heart sad, sad little sad little broken penis heart mm, uh, that too <laughs> Uh, yeah no that's that's a sad that's a sad situation the funny thing is is like the lead up to this when lexi's like um this is really devastating for anyone who's a man specifically and then she's like it's like you slowly see the look of realization come to their faces um because those two are uh uh, wiener sisters or wiener cousins so yeah i don't think that's the term but you're right they are. Well, it's it's guy. I, I don't know what the term for girls is, but yeah, there has to be a term for girls. I don't know it either. There, there's one of the terms that I never understood, and I think is truly offensive, is when people say Eskimo Eskimo brothers or Eskimo cousins or something yeah, like that. I'm it's like Eskimo. I, don't, I think it's Eskimo brothers. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure it's probably a terrible reason. I much prefer wiener cousins. That just anytime <laughs> you could say the word wiener is first off yeah. grade A in my mind. Yeah. Um, there's something else like Tunnel Brothers or something. Oh, that sounds terrible. Uh, ah. I don't like Tunnel Brothers. Nope. Don't like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Also, just because it, a woman's vagina is much more glorious than a fucking tunnel. Ugh. I agree. I'm glad we're on the same page. Yeah, man. Tunnel Brothers. Just putting on a, just imagine like a coal miner putting on the lamp. I imagine Ben Stiller walking through in Zoolander. 
I'm here for my tunnel brother. And he's in his like tank top and he's got the I got the black lung pop. I got the black wiener pop. <laughs> I got it from my tunnel brother. Fuck. We we gotta we gotta stop. It's this bad. Is terrible. Okay. I hate it. So um Lexi tries to check on Mark and he's like, no, go away. I don't want you to see me like this, which I kind of understand. But I'm also like feel bad for Lexi because she A, she feels bad, and B, she like wants to be there because she's definitely at a point where she's like doesn't want to be a secret and she's like, I think she's gonna like she's just not the same kind of person relationship wise that he is where it's just like sex, 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 new person, new person, new person, you know, and last episode we saw her say, if you sleep with me, you lunch with me. So she's definitely like pushing for more, like not a relationship, but just more like relationship type thing. Real. Yeah. Not a secret. She doesn't want to be a dirty little secret. How can you do that? Remember the all American rejects? Absolutely. She just doesn't want to be another life changing. Life changing. Yeah. Um, you know, they got they had put out some songs in like the late the late twenty tens. Songs. I absolutely. know. I was listening to them in college. I was bebopping in college. Oh, absolutely. I um man, I was I made a reference to them um not too long ago when I sang one of their lyrics and no one understood it. And I was like, Wow, I'm just gonna walk away then. It was terrible. <laughs> it was um swing, swing, swing. It was I it was a line in uh sweat. Is I, I quoted the line, one of the lines from that song, yeah, and um, I don't remember, but anyways, <laughs> it was like this. It was like this. Everyone um, was like, uh huh, and I was like, yeah, fuck you guys, sorry, burr? Burr? Scooby, <laughs> uh, okay, uh, Um, what are we talking about? Oh yeah, so they do the surgery, and then Mark is in a room. Oh, also the interns keep talking about it, and Lexi keeps getting really uncomfortable and being like, it's no one's business. Um, so first she snaps at Sadie that it's no one's business. And then later when they're all in the, like the gallery and and they're talking about it and like trying to guess who it is. And Lexi's like, just shut up about it. And they say, Oh, you know, and then someone's like, Oh, I bet it was her. And she has like a moment of panic and Sadie reads the situation and it's like, it was me. Um, I do a thing. I do a twist and shout thing, but I twisted too hard or something twisted too far. Whatever it was. Yeah. Um, and so, Good, good Sadie moment. Yeah, I didn't hate it. It actually, it redeemed her a little bit. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying that I'm ready to like Sadie, but I am willing to say that if you defend someone's sexual honor, that takes you up a notch in my book. Yeah. You know? I mean, she had truly no need to do that. Like, there's no, she benefits in no way from that. She, she could uh, have climbed up the social ladder within the intern group. Mm-hmm. In, I mean, granted, they probably still think that she's kind of a psychopath because they <laughs> let her do a fucking uh, appendectomy op- awake without knowing what they were doing on yeah. herself. Uh, so, yeah, you know, she is crazy, but it was a good moment. And then she she plays uh, guard. She's the guard yeah. dog for. Yeah. For Lexi Sadie's, to go in. Or Lexi's goes into Mark's room at the end and he's like, go away. And she's like, no, I understand that you're you don't want me here. But like. When I am hurt and when I am sick, I want someone to lay with me and stroke my hair. So I'm going to lay with you and stroke your hair. And I have a friend, a good friend guarding the door. And then it just shows Sadie and she's like smiling because I think she also is in a place where she does want friends. So like, yes, that's where she benefits from is like she does then create this bond with Lexi. And so she is making a friend, which to this point, basically all she has is Meredith, who is 
in her own little meltdown, so she can't really do much. Yeah, friend wise. Not that, and Meredith has not given us any inclination that she desires to have that kind of the friendship with Sadie right now. Yeah, yeah. But Our yeah, priorities it's a cute, are elsewhere. It's a cute moment, and the nice thing is, I've I've already told you guys this multiple times, but. Mark is currently my favorite character on the show. Mm-hmm. And this, it just the look on his face when she was like just rubbing his hair, it was just cute mm-hmm. and it's nice. He just like gives in and like lets her comfort him. And it, I think that we wouldn't have gotten that scene if mm-hmm. we don't have the setup with Mrs. Shepard last week where she's, mm-hmm. she's like, you need, this is what you need this. It's okay. Just let it yeah. happen. You the emotional yeah. maturity of a fifteen year old horn dog, right? So like, yeah. yeah, no, it's it was it was a cute yeah. moment. It was a cute moment. Even I if agree. the horniness got him there <laughs> to the scene, ultimately, you know, it's cute to watch them where they're at now. Yeah, I agree. It's it's a nice journey that they've gone on together. We love to see it. Do love to see it. Um, okay, so that's it on that. So I think really all we have left is the Jackson, Bailey, Arizona, Alex, Izzy. Denny, everything, everything, yeah. Yes, Denny's an important part of that for sure. Yeah. Take us away, my friend. Well, I don't even know. Okay, so like I said, we have a Denny voiceover. So what was your reaction to the Denny voiceover? It was interesting that he's giving the voiceover and like William is sitting there like actively trying to commit suicide. Denny's talking to us. I thought that maybe there was the correlation that this could actually be the last time we see him because he hasn't done the voiceover over the course of these episodes where I'm here for you, Izzy Stevens. It's a really good impression. Yeah, thank you. I was trying to mix him and Nicolas Cage together, you know. Mm, Less good of a Nicolas Cage. (laughs) I'm here for you, Izzy Stevens. But where's the Constitution? But... (laughs) My favorite SNL skit of all time is when Andy Samberg and Nick Cage are in the same scene and Andy <laughs> Samberg plays Nick Cage. <laughs> so good. Um, oh, then he threw it on the ground. And so, yes. So Denny does the voiceover and you were surprised. I was surprised, but I, but I did yeah. think that it was going to be something where I'm like, okay, this must be like, we're coming to the end of the storyline. Yeah. A big reveal. Yeah. And I will say that at one point in the episode where he just keeps saying, I'm here for you, Izzy Stevens. I'm here for you, Izzy Stevens, blah, blah, blah. It was like 15 or like 17 minutes into it. I'm like, I'm calling it right now. He keeps talking about the afterlife. Like he, she's dead. She's dying. Something is happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know. That's just where I would I was going with this episode, and I, I saw the reveal. It was a weird ending, but we'll we'll not jump the gun. Take yeah. us there. Take us take us through um, where you want to go with the storyline specifically. So first, at the beginning, when Denny is doing the voiceover, Izzy's like brushing her teeth, and the way that she like closes it, and he's right there. That's like a horror movie thing, but she has no reaction. I'm like, yeah. no, this is when in the movie everyone's like, ah, a ghost. Um, so. You know, there's a lot of back and forth with her and Denny of of her being like, why are you still here? Like, I broke up with you. You're just jealous. Why won't you leave? And he's like, I can't leave. I'm here for you. 
And every time that I have rewatched this plot line, this episode pisses me off about it because he says, I'm here for you so many times. And at the end, when she's like saying it back and she changes the emphasis, which changes the meaning. And I'm like, bitch, why didn't you do that? How many times did you say that wrong? Yeah. And it's, it <laughs> pisses me off. It's I'm here for you. And I'm here for you. Yeah. And I think I had actually said that. Like, he keeps saying, I'm here for you. I think, you know, it's, I'm here for you. Like, I'm taking, I'm taking you away. Yeah. Is what he's saying. I think I may have said that in one of the previous episodes. But why? And the other thing that pissed me off about this is he, at one point, now that he's wasted all of her time and she's going to die of her brain tumor cancer, uh, he's like, you're a scientist. Figure it out. I'm here for you. And then he starts being like, you don't have time to waste. And I'm like, but you had time to waste. Right. I don't get it. Yeah. Um, really so, weird. yeah, he's like, yeah. Oh, and then when he's like <clears throat> going on and on, like while she's trying to do doctory things. And she's like, shut up or whatever. He's being a malicious it's- ghost of ghost of christmas past and it's not nice yeah it's not like fun to watch and it it's sucks because like obviously like i think the majority of people that are fans of the show would say they're fans of denny and we've said it you know 682 times the ending after the drowning episode where they have like the the moment where they're both in the same spot in the hallway and they like like sense each other was like yeah. such an incredible like explanation of the afterlife and their bond and you know what it means and the connection and then now we're just like getting this like drug out and you're just like what <laughs> like it's confusing it's like that meme where you are the heroes you're here you're the hero long enough to where you become the villain Yeah. And it's kind of like what happened. Like Denny was the good guy for so long Mm -hmm. that they kept him around long enough to be this guy that we're pissed at because he, if now, if Izzy does die, he had the power to tell her three episodes ago, which in Gray's time could be six years. We don't know. Well, no, he's been around more than three episodes. Uh, how long has it? I, I have also lost. Yeah. This storyline has, this storyline has been three episodes. But he was around before that. He was around, remember, when Dr. Dixon was there and they did the the surgery on the Native American? Because remember mm, when um, yeah, yeah. Annalise Keating's husband came yeah. and that's who Denny's heart was. That was like episode. That was when Han was still there. We're in episode. What's, that was like what's his episode name? four or five. L- uh, Len, Len, uh, Nick, f- f- Will. What's his name? In real life or yeah. in the show? Real Tom life. Verica? Tom Verica. Yeah, yeah. 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 Tom Verica was here. Yes. So, I mean, that was like episode four or five, I think. Like, it's been a long time that Denny's been lingering. They were having the ghost sex and then she like kind of told Alex and then she told them again. And then like George is telling everyone that something's wrong with Izzy and no one cares. And it's just like so much is happening. <laughs> 
Well, not even in the, in the scene with Alex in this episode. He's like, man, you can you can be crazy at home and talk to talk to your dead boyfriend. But like when you're here, you're a doctor. You get your shit together. Put in a backpack. Get your shit yeah. together. Which like. I think I don't know if what the writers want us to take away from that scene. Like, I don't know if they want us to be mad at Alex or on his side, but if you look at it through the lens of what he knows and his understanding of the situation, he's right. Yeah. Like she did a poor job explaining the reality that she's experiencing. So he has no way of knowing what she's actually going through. Yeah. So to, to his understanding, like, the point of being like, you've got to get it together because this child is dying in front of us and we're all trying to do something about it. And you're just like talking to a ghost. Yeah. The way he hits on it when he says it's so bad that Dr. Bailey, Dr. Bailey can't stay and watch like the way he hits her name the second time. I'm like, yeah, it is bad. Is he get your head out of your ass? Yeah. And then it's, I, I, actually think that she got off easy because Arizona was like, go away. Yeah. She's like, why don't you just take a break? (laughs) Yeah. And she like, isn't looking at Arizona when she said like, Denny's off to the side. She, she turns and yells at something that no one else can see. Yeah. Uh, so, and, but that scene is pretty intense because it, it makes Denny seem like it, like an a-hole. And then yeah, because he's like talking on top of Arizona, trying to walk her through a procedure again on a dying child. Yeah. And even if he is there for Izzy, not for Izzy, but for Izzy, does, he doesn't want her to kill someone on the way out. You know, like, yeah, he, like how shouldn't. many people are you trying to take? Yeah. Like, do you get bonus points in heaven if you like bring yeah. more than just her? Oh gosh. Uh, yeah. So that, that was crazy. And then, but he, when he's like, I would leave if I could, but you won't listen to me. You're a doctor, figure it out. And I'm like, this is, I'm just so, this is just, this is just fucking nuts. But yeah, he, when she says, why don't you tell me already? And I'm like, yeah, Denny, just fucking tell her. Yeah, because at some point it's like, she's kind of figured it out. And then he's like, no, you haven't figured it out enough. And now I need to get real aggressive. Yeah. And then kiss you. And then just apparate into nothing. Yeah. That end scene was kind excuse me, was kind of was kind of wild. Um because he's like, I I thought you were my heaven, but maybe I'm your hell. Oh, that is heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking. <laughs> this storyline in this episode specifically is truly so up and down because I'm like, damn Denny, shut the fuck up. And then like I think the ending, you're like, damn Denny, I feel really fucking bad for you. Like it's so there's so much. And like, you know, they both they have just like untouchable chemistry. Oh, and not, yeah. I mean, like sexual. Yes. But also just like on screen, like they, they're acting together, like they feed off of each other so well. And like they just have such a like believable connection that that end scene, you know, is reminiscent in a way of like her begging him not to die. You know, when he's laying in the hospital bed and he's like, I'm ready to die. And she's like, but what about me? You know, now we flipped it and she's like. And he's like, you know, maybe I'm your hell. And she's like, well, in the choice between heaven and hell, I choose heaven or whatever. And it's just like brutal for both yeah. of them. Yeah. It's also, again, the the, the storyline here is, is so complex mm-hmm. that if Ghost Afterlife Denny 
is real and not just a concoction of what her brain tumor is making her see. And I'm just I'm just going to keep saying brain tumor because now in my head, it's just my truth. And I believe that this is going to be what's <laughs> okay. happening. So in her brain tumor, it's causing her to hallucinate. And this Denny thing is going to say whatever it is that she wants. Mm-hmm. Uh, or if it really is a ghost from the afterlife, Denny, <laughs> you would have to think that his subconscious would say, hey, um, you're going to die. Come with me. It's okay. We're going to the same place. I already checked out your passport. The big guy upstairs, <laughs> he punched it. I got we're, a bed for us. We're in heaven. We're good. <laughs> uh, not West Virginia. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's, we just gotta, you just gotta do the thing. But so you, you have to imagine that if it is this afterlife situation, he's, he's been playing her for multiple episodes to the point where the, the, the brain tumor is in, as inoperable and it's terminal now and she's going to mm-hmm. die. So that's kind of how I interpreted some of those, some of those things. So do you have, which one of those you think is more likely? Um, I, I want to believe that it's the afterlife part because the brain tumor thing, she wouldn't have known she wouldn't have known that she had a brain tumor. So the brain tumor can't be self recognized. It's not self sufficient. It's not Skynet. It doesn't know its own existence. So I, I I want to believe that it's an afterlife thing. That's my truth. Okay. So you think she has a brain tumor, but she's she's also actually seeing a ghost. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I want the, both, (laughs) both of those things can be right at the same time. Right. Right. Um, I don't know if there's anything else on them, on the two of them back, back and forth. The kiss at the end is really just, whew. Intense and a lot of hot tongue. Also, his mouth just <laughs> engulfs her mouth. Yeah, that's passion. That's passion. Um, that's making up for that, you know, death. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, they may get to see each other again soon. I'm imagining, though, this is uh, this is their way of getting rid of Catherine Heigl from the show. So, um, well, I won't tell you, but I'll tell you after she leaves the oh. timeline. Oh, okay, perfect. Um, so <clears throat> they go outside. They have this big back and forth. When he's like, I can, when she's like, leave, 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 go away. I hate you. I don't, whatever. Like you suck. You're garbage. Um, and he's like, I can go now because you know, like I had to come and tell you. And like, now that you know, I can leave. But if I go, I don't know if I can come back. And she's like, I don't give a fuck, which is rough or poor, poor ghost, Denny. Yeah. Yeah. That's hard. Especially because he's like, I, I loved, I loved you. Like yeah. with every fiber of my being. And what is it that he says? Like, do you think it's easy for me to stand here and listen to you? Tell me you want another man. Ouch. Yeah. Tough Ouch. break ghost. Denny. Poor Denny. Still very attractive. I used to be a um, strong. What does he horse say? Horse of a man. Horse of. He says, uh, does he have another at, uh, uh, adjective? Probably. Strong Viral Viral That's what it is I was gonna say feral And I'm like Yeah you wouldn't be feral (laughs) (laughs) Strong feral Horse of a man 
No. <clears throat> wow, that's fucking funny. Can you imagine Denny just foaming at the... <laughs> he's a half man, half horse centaur, and he's just foaming at the fucking mouth. <laughs> You're doing great. Um, <sighs> My last Oreo. Okay, so... <clears throat> yeah, I don't know if there's anything else to add with the Izzy and Denny. Um, but throughout, you know, this. Oh, there is that scene we should talk about where she she's like, I believe in facts like I slapped you. I can I felt your face on my hand. And that's a fact. So maybe you didn't die. And me thinking you died was me being crazy. And this is just real. And I'm like. Else can see him, Isabel. Let's put two and two together, and that's when he's like, "You're a scientist. Figure it out. Whatever." Yeah, it was. It, she did really try to stretch that truth to fit her own narrative hard. Yeah. Um, but you know, he even he he says it multiple times. Like, I I can't go to hell, Asia, or the Grand Canyon. Yep. And that's so I'm the thing stuck that's, here that's, with you. You yeah. stubborn. What does he say? You stubborn woman. Something like that. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so throughout all of this, you know, Izzy is on the case, Jackson's case with Alex, Arizona, and Bailey. Um. And even though she's not doing a good job caring for him medically, she is doing a good job, kind of like being a source of comfort for the mom. And that is one of the things that like triggers her to realize what Denny's saying right when she like takes Melinda out of the room and Melinda's like no he's never been away from me like I need to be there with him and she's like well you can be there for him out here like you're still here for him and then she's like light bulb no 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 she's Uh, here for him not here for him you here for him (sighs) yeah how many yeah it's just like that really every time i think about this that aspect of this storyline i get mad i'm like why would you change the emphasis or say the emphasis wrong so many times that's because he was here for her He's he here may have her. gone there to be there he was he was here for izzy but then when he got here he's like i don't know i'm here for izzy mm. you know what i'm saying he's talking yeah Izzy's the hot hot sex sex parts yeah. Do you think Anyways. Ghost Denny and Ghost Izzy did anal at all? No. I think it was just all vaginal, or was it like a weird don't worry darling situation where like he could only finger her or eat her out? Did you see that movie? Yeah. It's weird. It was a weird movie. It was a weird movie. <laughs> we rewatched it the other night. It's not a bad movie. It's not. It's, well, it has a, in my opinion, like a very very cool concept and i think a lot of it is really good and then like the ending and like the wrap-up seems super rushed to me and i'm like well, they ran out of money harry was going well, back on tour had to go to italy and spit on chris pine mm. yeah spit remember, right remember when we cared about that that was uh, back when we even, did do i thoughts. didn't even live in this house yet yeah this didn't podcast even didn't even exist yet no, this podcast did exist. Did it? Yes. Were we do Oh, wow. Yeah, we were doing both for a while. That was a lot of yes. podcasting. Yeah. Mm, yes, because when we quit one, I was like, sweet, we'll be able to do two. And then that's not what happened. <laughs> but we're doing one with less stress. We're doing stress. great. Um, we are. We're thriving. 
So yeah, Jackson is just like, you know, on the tale of last week where they put in that like shunt or port or whatever it was that's supposed to buy him 24 hours. And it's basically not even doing that. Um, and so Weber comes up with Arizona and he's like, Hey, there's a dialysis machine downstairs that someone's using for a clinical trial. So like we can put him on that and it'll, you know, buy us a couple more hours. And I don't know why I love this moment so much, but when they're like, Alex, go get the machine. And he goes, what if it's hooked up to somebody and Bailey's face? Like, she's like, cannot compute. She's like my brain. Like what, what is this fucking idiot? asking me the world's stupidest question and Arizona's just like well if they have more than 16 hours to live why don't you just go ahead and unplug them yeah okay? <laughs> and she says it's so she's very sweet when she says yeah. bullshit which I like yeah. <laughs> it's it's I like a skill a lot. yeah oh man her and her 99 cent tea am I right uh, it's a it's a good um like way to meet a new character because it's such like a, an intense storyline and an intense case. Yeah. Um, and because obviously like, you know, I would say most, if not all of the audience has like a very deep connection and love of Dr. Bailey. So to see her like struggle through this and in this episode, you know, to see Arizona like step up and like kind of try and bring her into like how to, how to cope with something like this. Yeah. Um, and cause she's like, you know, when was the last time you slept? Like, why don't you get some sleep? Because Miranda has that, she has, she's borderline breakdown all episode. And then at the end she has a breakdown, but like at the beginning, she's like, I want off this case. I want off this case. This boy is going to die. And I'm going to have to stand here and watch. And I can't do that. Um, and that's ugh, so sad. sad. It's um, very sad. And, you know, you think about, you know, we watch this and we're like, Ugh, it's so hard to watch like having you know having kids being parents like to imagine that and if you think about it like dr bailey has a child yeah who at this point is probably like two or three years old um so it's just like oof and like you know she's at the hospital spending all this time with this dying child and like she you know we don't even know if she's getting a chance to see her own kid and it's just like so rough so rough. Oh, man, sorry, podcast, John. Yeah, it's and it's tough every time the mom comes in and she's like, you have to stay here with mommy. And I'm like, yeah. fuck, all I want to do is go home. Like, honestly, after recording this episode, I might just go upstairs and just like hold Marlo. <laughs> like, you just get her out of bed and just hold her. And Bailey yeah. can't even do that. We don't even get to see her be with with little little Tuck Tuck. So, yeah, it's a bummer. Um, but every time also every time they say ICP. Am I the only one out there who's sit, who's sitting there thinking what what does the insane clown posse have to do with this? What is going on? Oh, here, not guys? the international college program. Oh no, that's uh, <laughs> what's oh wow. No, I forgot about that. Yeah, insane clown posse. I'm like, what? Where is where is the posse? And why are they so insane? And people just need to love those clowns better. They're just so they're so sweet, probably deep down, or maybe they're just mm. I don't know, not. Um. So yeah, Jackson is not doing well. They're they're throwing absolutely everything they can at him at some point weber goes to george who again we have not seen in like six years and it's like hey um i need you to ask the nurses who all is on life support and then cross match every single one of them to this patient um because i'm going to bully someone into giving me organs and i'm like jesus um, yeah they throw the laws of coercion totally out of the window in this episode i mean yeah and they i mean they address it 
you know, because when Bailey's like, I crossed a line, Weber's like, yeah, bitch, me too. Yeah. Because <laughs> he asks the woman. So, you know, George comes and he's like, there's uh, an organ donor or there's a patient on life support. They are about to unplug. He is well, a match. He's not an organ donor. Well, well, back up to the first when he when when Weber gives him these orders, he's like, remember, mm. no coercion. <laughs> we can only ask. We can only ask. And then we come back and he's like, mm. he's like. It's not a want. I don't like that it's rule a anymore. Yeah, yeah. The rule in my hospital, basically anything that I say goes, and I say coercion yeah. is okay for this moment, but in five minutes yeah. from now, it's not good anymore. Yeah, if someone else wants to do it, it's wrong, but I can do it. It's fine. Yeah. So sorry, I cut you off. So what was what was he saying? So he comes in, he's like, "Yeah, I got I got this guy, but he's not an organ donor." Yeah, and Weber's like, "Cool, let me go talk to the lady," and she immediately is like, "No." immediate no which i understand her from a grief perspective you know especially because like they're very young like i would say they're our age like late 20s early 30s like so you would never anticipate that um it's like everybody's worst nightmare it's not where anyone's head is at um to be thinking this is why this is why it's important to have your wishes recorded in a legal manner just in case because you want your loved ones to be able to just grieve you don't want to put more on them yeah this is so boxy but like seriously like it's we all think we're invincible we all you know want to say like oh we'll just you know die of old age whatever when we're a million and you know what i hope that's the reality for all of us i hope we live long, long, happy and healthy lives and we just die in our sleep one day. Um, but like you just don't know what anything is, what could happen. So the more spelled out it is, the the less you're putting on someone else's plate when they're already dealing with grieving a loved one. So that's my opinion. Everyone also should be an organ donor. That's my other opinion. <laughs> yeah, it's. You know, one of the worst parts, I'm not going to get too soapboxy on this, but I just will say one of the th- one of the worst parts about watching medical shows, shows is that nothing puts your own mortality in front of your face like yeah. watching a medical show. Because all I could think about watching this situation is like I mm-hmm. could get into a car crash on the way home from work any day, going to work yep. any day. And the last, yep. what is the last interaction I have with Jessica or Marlo or, or mm-hmm. you or, or my yeah. friends, right? Like it's... Yeah. Or family. And and that's um it's just a scary thing. And when you think about this couple, while they're they're fake, they're made up. Mm-hmm. Think about this a happens couple. to real this, people. This happens yeah. to real people. And and what if the last thing that they did was going through a fight and then she's like, I don't want to like we had a fight. I don't want his organs to go. Like I want every part of him through this grieving process. And it's just it's sad and it sucks and it's life and it's death and it's unpredictable. Unpredictable. And l- death doesn't discriminate between the sinners I and the saints. Just, I was like, how long into this conversation until he quotes Hamilton? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not long. Not long. Um, so, yeah, I understand. Like, it's easy to be like, ugh, what a terrible person not wanting to donate organs. But you, you really have to look at it from like, she's basically like two days ago he was fine. And now he's laying here. I, I have to go pick out a casket. Like you don't think of until you've been through it. I don't think anyone really thinks about all of the logistics that you have to do while you are simultaneously grieving, because unless yeah. it's planned out 
and like taken care of, you have to like pick out, like you have to plan a funeral, right? So that you have to get someone to speak. You have to get multiple people to speak. You have to pick out what readings are going to be done. You have to pick out the music they're going to play. You have to pick out a casket. If you're doing a casket, you have to pick out an urn. If you're doing an urn, you have to go take, like there's so much logistically that goes into dealing with someone's death. And like, it's the last thing anybody wants to do ever, ever. And you have to do like you, I mean, like think about, you have to like cancel credit cards, cancel cell phones. Like you have to do so many like arbitrary things. And what I've learned through, you know, like family members losing uh, or people like passing away in the family or like friends losing family members is like a lot of that. When you go to deal with it, the people are like, well, you have to prove that they died, which like it's fucked up. It's like I understand what you're saying, but also I'm like, dude, why would I lie? And I mean, I know there are people that like, I guess, fake their own death. It feels like it's not that common, but I guess it happens enough that they're like, prove it, prove, show me a death certificate. And you're like, Jesus Christ. And you have to pay for those. Crazy. Yeah. That, that blows my mind too. It's It's the world. The world is fucked up though. You know? Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. But there's a lot of things that are trash anyways. Yeah. So he's not an organ donor. Uh, Whoever asks and she's like, no, Please go away. Like, I don't even know how to survive without him. And I have to plan his own funeral and all this stuff. And so Weber is respectful. And he's like, okay, he just leaves. Um, and then at some point he's like, he goes back and he's like, hold she my says beer. He gets, to, he gets to go to heaven and I have to stay here or whatever. And so he goes back and he's like, um, he can't take his organs with him to heaven. There are people here who need those, which is a good point. You can't take anything with you to heaven. So give other people your organs. I can take my brand new Tom DeLong signature Stratocaster with me to heaven. Nope. <laughs> you can't. Oh. Interesting. You can't take it with you. Mm. Um, anyways. So yeah, Weber, you know, obviously it's drama because simultaneously that is happening. And Miranda is like, All right, Melinda, he's dying. It's time for you to hold him and tell him he can die. And so she goes in there and she's like, I love you. I'll be okay. Feel free to die. Oh, and Weber gut, like gut wrenching, but barges in and he's like, we've got organs and Jackson flatlines. And they're like, ah! yeah. And so that was wild uh, to me. That was some serious drama. Like that is peak Gray's drama right there. Great writing team. Great yeah. writing. So, and the execution is so good. Cause it's like, again, it's just dramatic enough, right? It's not, it doesn't cross over into the melodrama of like, Oh, we must get him the organs quick well, to the OR. <laughs> <laughs> to the OR. <laughs> yeah. They, it's, but they, he sits there. He's like, I got organs. And they're sitting there like, uh, I mean, yeah, there's definitely like, it's their shock it takes to like register because they're like no we literally just let him die um and we've like we've all just accepted this and so then everyone just jumps into action you know they're she's miranda's doing compressions they're calling a code they're like unplugging him so they can take him to the or they're i'm sure that you know they're getting the other guys organs. like it's wild and then it it you know it just all works out they get the organs they put them in Jackson, he is everything, you know, takes, there's no mystery spot. Everything just pinks up and the body accepts it all like really well. It's just crazy. 
Yeah. And, you know, while heaven is in the afterlife for some people, his heaven is on earth today for, for little Jackson. He gets to live <laughs> and little mommy is so excited and I'm, yeah. well, I'm at happy. First they do say, they do say like, you know, we don't know, like there's been so much trauma, like yeah. we've done so much to him. Like, we don't know if he'll be okay. We don't even know if he's going to wake up. And, you know, she's laying there with, and of course he wakes up and he asks for water and they're like, Can oh, I it's have a miracle. Some he's fine. Please? We do get, before he wakes up, the Bailey Weber breakdown scene where she's like, yeah. he says, or she says, I crossed a line today and she, and he says, so did I. Um, and he goes and to then, do the, the hand on the shoulder thing and she just loses it. She's like, I can't. Don't, don't I love me. that choice because I've definitely had moments where I'm like on the verge of tears and people like from a good place, like they go to comfort you, but in a way that like pushes you further yeah. and you're like, no, you, I can't, you cannot touch me. I will lay down and die. If you touch. like, I cannot have human contact or it will be like inconsolable. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, it's a happy ending for Jackson and Melinda that we know of tune in next week to find out in gray's anatomy does also, jackson he's not die? even yellow anymore yeah or does william come back from the dead as a ghost <laughs> and slit his throat okay um that would be a twist that would be that would maybe be jumping the jumping the the, the shark you think right, uh think, we're going to get an appearance from dr dr drake ramore yes I mean, no spoilies. No spoilies, but Joey does have a cameo as Joey. <laughs> um, okay, so was there anything else we missed or anything that we need to talk about or add? Uh, a couple, just a couple of small things. I wanted to mention that uh, Derek tells Meredith that his mom liked her. Oh, yeah. When and he first comes in and he's all happy. And there, and he's like trying to smush booties, and she's like, hey, "You're in a good mood," and he's like, "Clearly, you're not." Bitch. Yeah, she's like, "Excuse <laughs> me, I'm very busy lying to you about our patient." Yeah, and then I'm trying to think what else. Uh, we don't know the long-term trauma of uh, Doctor Sloan's peen. Uh, Weber clearly is like coercing people to give him organs. Sadie, good episode for her. No, I think that's it. I think that's it. I think I'm ready to rate this and do whatever predictions you'd like for me to do. That's what I think I'm okay. at. Well, then let's rate it. You go first this time. I got to give it a five. As much really? as I take issue with some of the Denny and Izzy stuff, the wrap up of the three episodes and just like, the emotional, like, how many times can they take us to, like, an emotional peak in one episode? A lot of times. It's so good. Like, obviously, like, for Chandra Wilson, like, for Bailey, just a stunner episode. Um, You know, it's annoying what Izzy and Denny are doing, but a great episode acting-wise for Katherine Heigl. Like, she crushes it. Their chemistry is un untouchable. Um, I find the Williams storyline very compelling you know maybe it's not cut and dry but i think that's what makes it interesting that's what leads us to have these conversations for two fucking hours um, <laughs> yeah 
casual. Because um, I mean, truly, I don't even feel like we did that many tangents. We like mostly have just been like talking about this episode. Like there's there's and this is what I thought would happen when I watched. I was like, as I was like remembering everything that happened, I was like, yeah, this is a great episode. Like there's a lot to, to cover in this. Um, And I just think it's so well done. And like, I love the wrap up of everything. Like, I think it makes sense. You know, William's ending makes sense and how it affected Meredith is, you know, makes sense. And the resolution potentially with Meredith and Christina, um, you know, Derek doesn't piss me off too much in this episode, which we love to see. Love to to hear it. This is just as I'm just here for this one. So I'm a little bit below it, but I'm not too far off. I I'm giving it a 4.7 and I think the only, the, I'm just, all of the things you said, I agree with, mm-hmm. but I find myself annoyed. I find myself from like a, what I like in TV shows standpoint, everything was great. I couldn't mm-hmm. have asked for the better twists, the drama. Like you said, it wasn't over dramatic. It was a great episode, but I find myself from a personal standpoint being annoyed. I'm annoyed that William didn't get to give his organs to Jackson. I'm annoyed that the Denny storyline went on as long as it did. Uh, and I'm annoyed and I'm all good resolutions, right? Like good twist endings. Good. Uh, the fact that he was like, Oh no, I'm ready to die. Take my <laughs> shit. And then he's like, Oh, save me, Christina, because you have the power to do that. <clears throat> clearly. Um, so it's just, it's just slightly below the five, but I think it only co- comes from a place of selfish annoy uh, being being annoyed by some of the storyline. So line. here's my response. Like, obviously I am on the same page with the Denny. Like I, I verbalized that, that I also find that annoying, but with the Williams storyline, you're saying you're mad that he didn't donate the organs to Jackson. Only because I'm a sucker for happy endings and it it's, he, we get the happy ending, but it's not through the route that I, I wanted it. I wanted right. him so to get the chance just, to, you just want to be right. Or like, I, again, it's, I don't understand why you need him to have a redemption arc because he's irredeemable. No, no, but that's, but that's, but that's why I wanted it. I love, I'm a sucker. That, I love love and I love redemption and I wanted them both. It doesn't matter if he saves a kid. He's still murdered five women for fun. I understand. I'm not saying that I what he did is... It doesn't feel like you okay. understand. I'm <laughs> just annoyed. It doesn't come from a place of wanting to be right. It just is annoying that it would have been a fully happy ending. But if you think that that's like the predictable thing to do, then isn't it good that they wrote a satisfying ending in an unpredictable way? Doesn't that speak to good writing also? Yeah. That's what I said. I I agreed with everything you said. I just was annoyed that it didn't have the, the, the arc that I wanted it to, but it does have a good arc. It has a good, I didn't say it. Okay. It has a good arc. It's just not the one I wanted. Don't, I st- you're not going to bully me out of this 4.7. I just also, don't Weber understand what you want. <laughs> we have lined up on multiple. Ep- we lined up perfectly for like four or five no, episodes. No, no, no. I in don't a row. want you to give it a five. I want you to give it like a 4.9. I think a 4.7. But I want your only qualm to be Izzy and Denny. The Denny, the Denny storyline was long. I truly don't understand what you're getting at with the William thing. Like I don't. It doesn't make it a happy ending. So I don't understand. I'm just, that's just what I wanted. I just wanted his organs to be inside of Jackson. 
But you don't think that's traumatic for then like a small child to have to live with a serial killer's organs? Well, that's fictional Jackson's that problem, not mine. Feel like a happy ending. <laughs> it does to me as the viewer. Uh, I'm just everyone saying. Everyone tell me I'm right. Everyone tell me I'm right. No one tell him that. Civil please. war. Truly. I'm right. I just no. don't understand where you're coming from. The problem is, is that in that movie, you're team Captain America. The problem is I've never in my life been captain team Captain America. Turn into our next pay tune into our next Patreon episode where we talk about how much Kelsey hates Captain America. Really do. And actually, don't worry, some it's of not things- Chris Evans. I love Chris Evans. Yeah, I hate Captain America. Yeah, 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 just yeah, to clarify. Yeah, yeah. It's always the question that I get. Her favorite character is Bucky. False. Anyways, yeah, I have not watched the new okay. preview for Loki yet. I haven't watched it. I don't intend to because the first season was so good that I want to watch the second season blind. Yeah. I truly right. believe that the first season of Loki was one of the best things that has ever been on television. Like it was such a good television show. I actually have been contemplating getting a Loki tattoo, which I already liked Loki, but I li- loved that show so much that I was like, I should get a Loki tattoo. Loki. Loki, I should get a Loki tattoo. Loki, Loki. You see that, Denny? That's how you enunciate. Anyways, that's um, all I okay, got. Okay, so predict. Yeah, predict something with Izzy. Is Denny gone? Is he? What's going on? Denny, Denny disappeared, and Izzy has an inoperable brain tumor, and she's going to die. Okay, so you don't think Denny's going to be back? He, we might get a glimpse of him as she goes into the afterlife, and he's like, I told you I was here for you, Izzy Stevens. And then he walks, and then they just wander the hospital in their white, their white uh, crew neck sweaters. Okay, um, predict something with Christina and Owen. They're gonna fuck within the next three episodes. We've got. <laughs> you can no longer say the next episode because you keep saying it, and it keeps being wrong. Have I really predicted that multiple times? Have I said they're gonna yes. fuck? Okay, you know yeah, what they're not. I think at one point they're not going to fuck. The, Actually, on the vent. Yeah, oh yeah, the vent. I do remember that now. They okay, they're not going to have sex. I'm predicting that they go five episodes without having sex. I'm going to totally flip it. Five episodes, no okay. sex. Okay. Um, what about Derek and Meredith? I I think that he will propose, and that's the cliffhanger for the end of season five. The end the, of season five. The season five cliffhanger going into season six is he proposes and she doesn't answer. It's just a cut to her face, and that's what we get. That's the that's the no 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 no. Well, oh. <laughs> Christina dies and Derek proposes in the season five finale. Jesus Christ! It's going to be a roller coaster. <sighs> okay. In in this hypothetical. Does Derek know that Christina is dead when he proposes to Meredith? And does Meredith know? They both know. What a they both it's boyfriend. it's in the room. It's literally she la- oh last my God. <laughs> She has her last breath happens. and then Spoilers. shits herself and then Derek oh proposes. <laughs> okay, um something with Bailey. Bailey. Oh. I don't. 
I don't know. I need I need more time on Bailey. Okay. Because she's not gonna leave she's not gonna leave being a doctor. Um with Lexi and Mark. Oh yeah, they're gonna be in a relationship. They're gonna make it Facebook official. (laughs) Next episode. Okay. So is it still a secret when it's it's Facebook official? No, no, it's a it's a secret right now. Next week it's gonna be public knowledge and it's gonna be Facebook official. So did they tell everyone or did they get found out? They tell everyone. Okay. Okay. Um, anyone else? Do I have anyone else? Alex Something is going to be Arizona. Arizona is great. Uh, she's she's going to keep chugging along. I have a feeling that her and Alex are going to get, get – they're going to grow closer. They're going to have some sort of bond because while Alex has shown like a proficiency with like the the – gynecology side of thing like the the baby Mm -hmm. side of thing he's also done a lot with he's shown us that he cares about kids so i think maybe he'll Mm -hmm. work on peds with arizona okay um okay i think that's it do we have is there any other predictions you want to add about anybody no no that's that's it weber weber deserves an investigation like he deserves (laughs) a lawsuit and also where is dixon hickson (laughs) dixon yeah it's dixon Dixon, where is Dixon? Hard to say. Dixon's going to be back next episode. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, well, I think that's it. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for letting us do this. Thank you for welcoming us into your little earbuds and your earballs. And um, I hope we're, you know, making your days more enjoyable. And um, We just love you so much and please continue to share us on all the places and follow us on all the places and send me an email if you want to talk about how right or wrong Carmen is about literally anything. Um, And she does have a preference, though, to see you guys know. (laughs) It's true. It's true. Um, And if you see Carmen walking down the street, remember... Remember to not break my penis and also no spoilers. Thank you so much for listening and we will see you all in the next one. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.